to another episode of Speak Out World. Yeah. Yes, the podcast that's devoted to artists and activism and more. You know I got a quote, right? You know I got Go on with that quote. Go on with it. Everybody knows I have a quote, right? So the quote is, if you have to ask what jazz is, you'll never know. That's what Louis Armstrong said. All right, Satchmo. And our guest today, um, we have um, the legendary musician and founder of Jazz Matters, Edwin and Janice Williams. Yeah, yeah. Janice is in the house, baby. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I mean, it's such an honor to be able to have the both of you all as the founders of Jazz Manners. Uh, Mr. Edwin Williams, um, legendary, accomplished, uh, uh, Bayes, I always, yes, yes, help me out because I'm so excited. Um, And I mean, you've been on the Atlanta scene for a long time and played with a lot of great artists. So we are truly honored to have you here. Before we get started um, talking about jazz matters and music and all that, anyone who knows me knows I love a really good love story. So we are so great to have a couple on here. I just want to know, how did the two of you all meet? All right now. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Everyone can tell the story happened. Uh, of course, we met in a musical environment. That's, that's number one. And uh, we basically uh, met because I was uh, doing uh, a performance at a venue that uh, they wanted to appear on, I think it was, or you already had the gig, one or the other, but you needed a backup group. And uh, so just so happens... Uh, the person that was handling your end of it uh, was knew some of the guys in our group. And so we, we meshed from there. What it was, I was yeah. singing in a singing group. <laughs> <laughs> and Tell he like was the backup band. He was a member of the backup band. And I looked at him and I kept thinking, he's kind of cute. Little did I know that all these years later, we'd still be together. But I was singing in a singing group, and that's how I met him. Yeah, I think it's about the same story. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you two. What gave you your love for music and the idea to come up with the name Jazz Matters? I, again, I'm a performing artist myself. I sing, I act, I do a lot of community theater. And Edwin played at Dante's Down the Hatch, and they closed, how many years ago? About six or seven years ago. They closed and Evan wanted to do something more. Um, he said, I want to do more to keep the music and jazz alive in the city. And we were just sitting around one day talking. And he said, you know, the discussion was, he said, well, jazz really matters. And that's how we came up with the name Jazz Matters, because he was just talking about, he said, jazz matters. And we said, that's the name of our nonprofit, well, his nonprofit organization. And we've been, we're celebrating our fifth year this year. Speaking of, I mean, for 20-some years, um, you played with um, John Robinson Trio, right? Do yes. I have that? Yes. Yes, that was down at a place called Dante's, down the hatch. 
Yes. Yeah. And that, it, and that is a legendary place here in Atlanta for those who are listening outside of the Atlanta area and across the seas. Yeah, it was a, it was a legendary place. And for whatever reason, uh, uh, it was, it's, it's not, it doesn't exist anymore, but mm-hmm. it was the only jazz institution in Atlanta. And, right. I, and what I mean by that is simply that we played uh, straight ahead jazz because a lot of people interpret jazz a lot of different ways nowadays. But we were playing straight ahead jazz or or you could say acoustic jazz. Okay. Piano trio is what it was. As a classically trained, as well as a jazz basis, can you please give us an idea of some of the groups and individuals that you've had the pleasure of working with over the years so our audience will know? Right. If you're if we're looking at a lot of... Uh, and on the jazz scene, there was uh, the great Joe Chambers, who was uh, a great percussionist uh, that was actually in the group. Uh, he actually put the group again uh, called M. Boom. Now, that was a group that Max Roach had put together for, for his daughter, one of his daughters. Wow. And, and uh, then there was um, uh, the late Joe Zawinu, uh Also, uh, he had a group... Uh, Back in the day, after he left Cannonball Adderley, he had to put a group together called Weather Report. Oh, was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, who else was it? There was, uh, uh, let me see who else was it? Oh, Freddie Cole. I played with Freddie wow. for a while. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and as a matter of fact, just before Dante's close, uh, Freddie used to come down quite frequently, uh, hmm. sit in with us, you know. So there were some other players that came down to Dante's. Like I said, it was an institution. Uh, like vocalist Vanessa Rubin, uh, which is from my wife's hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Vanessa Rubin would come in and set in also with us. So, I mean, it, it, it goes on and on and on. I don't want to... Uh, we missed that, though, Edwin. We missed that now. Oh, you tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, more, most definitely. And... Like the organization that we have, by us being nonprofit and everything, we are set up to do um, donations. And the thing is, uh, what we really plan to do is to get it to a point to where we can actually uh, get get some of these people that are still around to to come and perform here. Uh, it would make it would it would pretty much. I mean, there is an audience. And that audience, like you said, you miss it a lot. Well, we're trying our best to make that happen to where we can actually bring it to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, There are bigger festivals and everything with bigger budgets. But our thing is to just um, create this situation to where we can have it here locally so that this will be the go-to place uh, anywhere Jazz Matters is having a, a, a function. So, um, Janice, one of the things that um, about Jazz Matters is like every summer, I mean, you can go around the city of Atlanta and find Jazz Matters and get, I mean, great quality music, entertainment. And one of um, the events that I really enjoyed going to was at the Wren's Nets. Um, And so... 
just um, can you just tell us about how when you all first got started, just coming together and thinking about those venues to do around the city of Atlanta? Yes. How we started, uh, we started at the West End Performing Arts Center, and we would do a concert there every once a month, every Sunday, once a month. And a gentleman would come in every month, and he loved what we did. And we didn't know who he was. And he was the CEO of a black bank. And he asked us, he said, have you ever thought about doing an outdoor festival? We said, no, but we'll try. He introduced us to the people at Wren's Nest. And five years later, we're doing Jazz Matters at the Wren's Nest. And our series starts on the uh, third Friday of the month. And what we wanted to do to make our concert series a little bit different than everybody else and have people remember us, we do themes. And we start off with jazz, blues, and barbecue. Yes. Because jazz comes from the blues. So we bring in the jazz artist that exemplifies the jazz, the blues, and let people, and our goal is to educate people about jazz because one thing we found out, you talk to people, they either love it, hate it, or they're not sure. After they come to our concert series, they'll see the jazz is more than what you thought it was. And we also feature the genres that jazz is influenced. So you're going to have influences in R&B. Um, what do we do? Soul, contemporary. We've done Latin. We've done international jazz. And we have all kinds of artists that come in and lend their talents. One year, and Jewel graced us with her beautiful, beautiful poem. And it's a story behind how we met, too. But she did a poem on the Harlem Renaissance. And one of our themed nights was celebrating the Harlem Renaissance. We came dressed up. And we just celebrate. We didn't try to recreate the Harlem Renaissance. We wanted to give you a feel of what it was like and the Renaissance that's going on in the music in Atlanta. Um, Part of our concert series, because Evan wants to make sure he's mentoring and bringing young people along, we have young and emerging artists that we give opportunities to perform and perfect their craft with us. We partnered with performing arts schools in Perry, Georgia, Marietta, and we've had some young people, I'm telling you, they are great. They are really good. So I got aboard of his um, vision because I got excited. And I said, I'll lend my talents what I can do. I knew I could organize. And I knew that he was a musician. And he brought in a lot of his musician buddies that said, I'm in. And they perform. And we have a wonderful, wonderful time out there at the Wren's Nest. They said they're having a little chastain experience in their own backyard. If anyone has ever attended, um, really is a first-class jazz experience. Yes, it is. I have to say that I was definitely honored to meet you all because most people don't know that April is jazz month. And so that's where I got a chance to meet Jazz Matters and and, um, you all have some wonderful people on your uh, rosters that we're going to have later on, on on the podcast, like Latoya and I mean, just some awesome singers. So, yes. And I wanted to go back to also talking about not only the performance of jazz, but how you and Edwin as Jazz Matters go about educating young people and educating folks about jazz. One of the things we're trying to incorporate more, and I'm the talker, and Edwin's going to have to stop me at some point, and you all can hold up your hands. But one of the ways that he's done, 
he um one time we did a little Tupac and he put a jazz beat under it. Oh wow. And, you know, and just taking the music that kids listen to and make it and just put something else to it. So they say, look, this is jazz. And what a lot of young people are listening to rap and they're listening to a lot of, of hip hop, never knowing that those are jazz influences that influence those young people in hip hop and at the start. And we want to bring it back and let them know this is our music. It's not something that's far away and you can't relate to it. This is our music. We yes. dance to our music. You can dance to jazz. You can do whatever you want to jazz, to do the jazz. And what we also do, we expand what jazz is on our series. We have a young man, a spoken word artist, who taps dances. And All to right. see him interact with the musicians and doing his um, poem, we've had dancers that come and perform. So it's just not about jazz per se. It's the whole art of jazz. It encompasses everything. It's the spoken word, the dance, the art. And that's yes. what we want to get our young people interested in. And throughout the years, we've seen our audiences grow and expand. Another way we do it, we bring young artists on like Jewel, a Toya, a young man, a trumpeter, um, trumpeter out of Lexington, Kentucky, Michael Cruz, these are some young, bad jazz artists letting young people see, look, this is what we do. This is who we are. It's not your grandmama's music. It's your granddad's <laughs> music. It's our music. So, so guys, tell me, how does a Soulful Sunday and Sunday Live feature those artists that are up and coming and want to really do their craft and get it straight? What we find from performing arts schools especially, they say we can train the students in their instrument, in their craft. What we can't teach them is how to be a, um, a performer. So those 15 minutes or 30 minutes that we give them to perform, they're learning how to perform gotcha. that live interaction with their audience. Also what happens, they get to partner with seasoned musicians and artists. So the teaching and the learning and the mentoring is happening without it being in a classroom setting. They're learning wow. by observing. A lot of times I sit back and I call it the green room mentoring. And I would sit back and listen to the artists talk in our green room. And um, Jewel has been to our green room. She's seen it. We put a sign on it and say, this is the green room. But the discussions that's going on back there, young artists, seasoned artists, what you're experiencing, I'm hearing our musicians who love what they do. Wow. And they share that knowledge. And one evening we had an artist to come on and the artist got a standing ovation. Artist walked off the stage. One of our seasoned artists pushed them back out there and said, man, you never leave your audience wanting more. That wow. was a teachable moment. You can't get And those are some of the things and when Edwin and those guys, when they're playing with those seasoned musicians he has, and when you talk about the learning and mentoring experience just through live performing with seasoned artists. With, uh, when you're using seasoned artists and you have young and, and upcoming artists, the unfortunate thing for the young artists is that they are a little bit one-dimensional yes. in, in the sonicness of the sound. And when you pair them with uh, a seasoned artist, let's say like a straight ahead band, and they've never worked with a straight ahead band before. So all of a sudden the sonicness of what they thought was 
you know, in their own minds was was correct, they have to adjust. And the only way they can adjust is that they have to be disciplined to listen to the advice that the seasoned player would give them. See, because it doesn't take, uh, you don't have to uh, scat a million notes in one measure. You know, all it takes is the sonicness of the sound, the way you interpret it. In other words, mm. phrasing. Uh, yes. The phrasing is the, is the most important thing about uh, the musician and the vocalist, because it's all, that's a lot of it, that's what a lot of it is when it comes to jazz. That's why it stands apart from the electric jazz or the jazz that's, that we call now uh, contemporary jazz uh, versus the uh, straight ahead jazz, which is all acoustic. The phrasing is different. So if you have a young uh, musician that is really not into the phrasing of the original jazz or the straight ahead jazz, then as long as that musician has the discipline to understand and learn from the seasoned musician, he's gonna always he's gonna become a better musician. But he has to have that exposure, and that's kind of what we, that's what we kind of try to give them the exposure to do so. You know, mm. not, they wouldn't be able to do it in any other situation. Got you. Wow. So I know that um, all the music that you enjoy, I'm really curious, um, who are some of your favorite artists? Both, uh, I'll start with you, Janice, and then um, Edwin, jump in. Who are some of the favorite artists that you like to listen to? Some of my favorite artists, I love vocalists because I'm a vocalist, like I said. I love Patty Austin. I oh, love yeah. her phrasing. Miss. Yes. Um, um, Nancy Wilson. Edwin has gotten me to listen to J Little Jimmy Scott. And I love phrasing. And I love artists. Anita Baker, Rochelle Farrell. Oh, my yes. gosh. Miss Lettucey. Oh, oh, my goodness. That young lady. And she uses all of her instruments, her her gifts and everything. I love her. And, of course, Miss Jill Scott. Yeah, a lot of the favorites that I like are pretty much... Uh, Acoustic uh, musicians such as uh, Buster Williams, uh, uh, Sam Jones, uh, Eels Henning, Orsted Pedersen, all of these are, are basses. I like also um, uh, 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 Michelle Camilo. He's a he's from Brazil, I think he is, and but he's a fantastic piano player. He has everything that. A piano player could ask for, and uh, he does a lot of both acoustic and electric rhythm section stuff. And um, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've been listening to a, a lot of him over the over years. Uh, of course, McCoy Tyner is one. Yes. Uh, and I and uh, I do like um, Kenny Barron. He's a, he's another uh, uh, piano player that I really like. Uh, his band is, I mean, the band that they used to have was called Sphere. And I, it was Ben Riley on drums, Buster Williams on bass, uh, of course, Kenny Barron on, on piano. And uh, it was it was one of the most interesting groups I had heard come up since the since the 70s, really. I mean, they hadn't come up, they were all seasoned. But right. that particular band had a very unique sound, in my opinion. 
And, uh, but, you know, those are just some of them. Usually when you start rambling off a lot of musicians, you forget most of them that you want to say anyway. <laughs> and when I have a follow-up, if I can, what was it like playing with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra, and how did that really expand your concept of music? Yeah. It, it, it kind of took me back to uh, when I was in school, where you know you had the the environment, and you know you, you you played to the environment, but you know after you leave that environment, you start doing other things. When you come back, and especially if you come back on an environment that's already the the, the top, you know that you the the best gig in the world is to work with a symphony. That's the best gig you can wow. get. You know because that's the most. That's the most uh, uh, challenging for one. The other thing, it's uh, it's it's almost as if uh, that whole field, uh, concept of music, is something you adjust to. Now, some people uh, can adjust to it uh, relatively quick, and then others might have a problem because of simply you got to deal with what the conductor is dealing with, and you got to know these little things. Uh, yeah. In order to, you actually do the job. I mean, you you can, as, as long as you can get through the music and interpret the uh, infractions in the music, you know, then you'll be fine for the most part. But see, to even do a job with the symphony, it takes a, a long time because the waiting list is so long. Wow. It, it's like, you know, you can go and audition, but nobody's, believe me, nobody's up and ready to leave the symphony. Uh, <laughs> There was one bass player that uh, she, as a matter of fact, she died a couple of years ago. Uh, but when I was there, she was in her fifty-fourth season. Uh, what? Symphony. Yes, she was in her fifty-fourth season, and it just stunned me. I mean, she was a little fragile wow. lady, and I was like, "That's amazing." And I thought that I had a long gig, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but she, she she had a long gig, you know, and and I think she when she died because I, I was doing that in two thousand from two thousand four I think it was two thousand four or two thousand three and up to two thousand five, and but she around two thousand five was when she was in her fifty fourth season, so she and she stayed there until you know I think she died maybe maybe four or five years. I know it was just after I left Dante's. So she's wow. been there every bit of almost 60 years. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, really. Like I said, nobody's in a hurry to leave the symphony but the pay is too good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's true. I can see that. Yeah. So, so Brother Edwin, talk about your CV, Chill With Me, and what's next for you two as a couple? Well, uh, the CD Chill With Me, I did it right after uh, I left Dante's. And what happened was, um, as you can see in the background there, that's the album cover or the CD cover. I see it. <laughs> but but uh, I did that CD almost like as if, um, as a turnaround. The original CD that I really wanted to put out was an acoustics CD. And mm. 
And but the but the format changed before I got a chance to actually get it out. In other words, the radio stations stopped doing as much acoustic stuff. They oh. started doing more contemporary uh, yes. electric. Yes. And so if I was to approach them with a you know with an acoustic uh, album, I could probably get played maybe ever so often on one particular day. It's not like they would, would play it, you know, during the day or, you know, as okay. day. So I had to kind of quickly turn around and pull out the old electric bass and do, uh, and do chill with me because I was noticing they had changed their audience. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Their audience yeah. had actually changed. So I'm like, okay, since their audience changed, I, I can make the change as long as I'm flexible enough to do the music. You know, I put out there what I, what I think they want, you know? Okay. So that's what, what the deal is with Chill, Chill With Me. But I still have acoustic uh, stuff that I'm, I'm already working on. I still have stuff that I, I really wanted to release uh, this year. And, and it's acoustic. I, I wrote a, a big band song uh, that uh, I really wanted to get out there this year. And I and I have a couple other things that I was doing with some different people, and just try to you know cover the entire spectrum of jazz. You see, because I'm gotcha. not, yeah, I'm not necessarily one to be pigeonholed into a, a particular type of uh, form of jazz. So I am flexible enough to do both of them, you know, and that's a good thing. All right. And, and Janice, are you singing on? Am I what? No. Okay. No, I'm retired. Well, you're retired from singing, but because you're still working. Yeah, I'm still working with jazz matter. Oh, <laughs> uh, now, um... To be honest, let me tell you a little story. On Chill With Me, I was supposed to be singing the lead song on Chill With Me, but my husband, the perfectionist, I kept... I wasn't on my game enough for him and when I heard that song again it was not me singing it, it, was somebody, it, it he fired me and got somebody else but he does not play about his music he said you either do it or you don't do it and I didn't do it and I got replaced so well, that's usually what happens that, that, that's usually what happens when you don't go along with what the producer tells you to <laughs> and if the producer is telling you to do this and you say no I'm going to do that or not do it well guess what there is someone that will <laughs> so so basically Janice all you got to do was do the demo tape right right that's all <laughs> <laughs> demo for somebody and, uh, and, and you know that. when I listen I said that doesn't sound like me <laughs> but if you know the young lady is a friend of mine who did it. She did an amazing job, um, Miss Veda. Yes. And it, so it I, I had it, no problem. She's an amazing. Really, girl. really a good song. Well, before we get ready to uh, uh, close out, you know, the show again. You all talked about how you all in your fifth year. You all are a wonderful couple. Music brought you all together, and you all have been, you know dancing your own tune ever since. Um, but with COVID-19 hitting the country, not just the United yeah. States. The world. Country, the world. 
Um, how have you um, had to change? You know, what what can we expect from Jazz Matter uh, Matters coming up this summer? Well, unfortunately, um, this summer we've had to cancel our outdoor concert series. Oh! But we are um, venturing a new venture. We are going to be doing live streaming. All okay. right. Our concert series. And our wonderful producer, singer, actor, Miss Toye Foreman is handling that for us because that's new for me too, this whole live streaming. Um, the new normal is going to look different for the performing arts, and we don't know exactly Absolutely. how it's going to be or what it's going to look like. Some of the findings right now is that our audience is a little more receptive to going to outdoor events. Yeah. But they're still hesitant about the um, social distancing. And for us as an organization, there are so many pieces to the puzzle. How can we protect our audience? How do we social distance in an outdoor venue? Um, do we have artists and our um, audience sign rate waivers? We just don't know in this new normal that we're facing. But wow. we're excited about the streaming. We have artists that are willing and um, excited about this new avenue that we're going down. So we're going to have a celebration. It's going to be different. And also Jazz Matters is going to have a Jazz Matters, all things of jazz, about jazz, a podcast. And so oh, again, it's going to help us keep jazz at the forefront. Um, but it's new. So we're we're new to our territory. And nobody knows. We're talking with people in the arts community and theater, musicians. Nobody knows what it's going to look like. So well, we're going to try. We're still going to celebrate five years. You're going to make it work. That's right. We make it do what it do. That's what jazz is all about. I'm um, telling you. And if you have a parking lot, or if you know a bit, have a big field, let us know that we can park some cars on it and maybe we can do a drive-in jazz concert. We just don't know. All right. I, I like that. I like that, Janice. Um, before we go, please give out your information. Anybody that wants to donate to Jazz Matters, because you all are 501C, anybody yeah. that um, wants to reach out to you, if they're an artist, artists or they have young people, how can they get in contact with you? They can visit our website to make donations at www.yesjazzmatters.org. They can also email us at yesjazzmatters at gmail.com or they can call us at 404-474-1211. Because again, like you said, we're a nonprofit and we still want to keep this wonderful art form alive. And what we're yes. now, we're going to be creating jazz in a new kind of way. Exposing right. jazz to our young people in a new kind of way. And we're excited. As a matter of fact, I had Toya laughing. I said, Toya, I am now interning with you. <laughs> you know, so I am now her intern in this new language. How, you know, this new streaming opportunities and I believe it's out there for us, and jazz is still going to be performed. People still need the arts. And we realize yes. through a call that what's been keep, keep getting people over and comforting people is the music. art. It's the it's music. The art. music. Yeah. Yeah. So the art's not going to die. Music's not no. going to die. 
It's just going to evolve and change. Dino, did you have another question for Edwin before we um, got ready to close out the show? I think you asked my last question, Julianne. I thought you had a question that you wanted to ask about Edwin in any upcoming projects. Oh, well, you know, we always ask that before it's all over. Are there any upcoming projects, Edwin, uh, Janet, that you all uh, are, are thinking about doing? I think they just told us, though, Julio, they were talking about the streaming. Okay. Any any films or any... any? Oh, I can't tell you, but what I will say, can I say a little bit? Yeah, I don't uh, know what you're going to say. Okay, in August... <laughs> In August, I really want you guys uh, to go and they, see if they, they moved it. Yeah. They, they, okay, whenever it comes out, coming to America too. Make sure you go see. Is somebody familiar to you? They That's, filmed it right here. Yeah. In Atlanta. They filmed it right here. And I here. can't say more because everyone say I can't hold water. So I'm going to. All right. That's good enough for me. We, we don't want anybody to get sued. That's it. Speak out world when it's when it's out. Everybody be on the everybody go see it. Yeah. All right. And um again, Edwin and Janice Williams, the Thank founder you all. of Jazz Matters. Yes, baby. Yes. Thank you so much for keeping jazz alive to all of our listeners all across the world. We want to thank you for supporting Speak Out Podcast. Yes. All of our first responders, we want to give a shout out to you too as well, all over the world. Um, yeah, baby. Yes. So as we close out, you know, I'm your host, JL. Yeah. And I'm your host, Dino L. And we're Janice and Edwin Williams. And remember, <laughs> Jazz Matters is preserving a musical culture, tradition, and art form, keeping jazz alive. Yeah, all right. baby. I heard it here. So just like with jazz, remember, you got a voice, so don't be afraid to speak out. Speak out. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you.